welcome, and we're glad you've chosen to join us. Uh, your time is valuable. So we thought out how to have a conversation without actually having the outcome predetermined. It's an emerging community that we're inviting you into that takes the opportunity of a conversation to both be stimulated to a new insight, but then to build that into how a community can hold it, embody it, and take it out into the world. So listen in and be part. I'm going to ask, but you know you can just play to the level you think it's appropriate as everyone's uh, slowly beginning to join us, but you were making some really good points about a departure when you look back onto an organization that had some values. You sensed, if I'm hearing you right, that those values were stated, but if you will, misaligned, whatever. Yeah. Okay. I will, I will generalize. Yeah. <laughs> I've signed many documents. Yes. Um, so I will generalize, but I, I think that um, I've worked at a few places where over time I could see the misalignment of values surfacing. And I think for me, um, I'm someone, I have a chronic, chronic um, illness. And so I can more recently, it's actually started to like flare up when I'm not paying close enough attention to that mm. misalignment and acting on it. Right. So it's, it is something that shows up in my body before I allow my mind to like fully recognize and oh, grasp, wow. hold on and accept it. So I think for me, it's really starting to get a, you know, um, a clearer, you know, arrival and a shorter arrival to yeah. that recognition. Um, but yeah, it's happened to me in a couple different places. And it's kind of like, I think one of my big reflections since starting sabbatical has been, you know, can I be truly valued um, as a black woman anywhere, any workplace? And it's not something that I have an affirmative answer to. <laughs> um, and it has actually really inspired me more recently to um, think about entrepreneurship seriously. I think that I've been someone, I've run amazing programs all over the world. I've built amazing programs from scratch. I've launched art galleries and fellowships and all kinds of things. Um, and so, you know, I think the big question for me is like, what happens when that's for yourself? So I talked to my coach recently, um, just about, you know, she's like, what's your plan for sabbatical? And I, I was like, uh, you know, I think I just want to focus on doing things for myself. And she said, well, what does that mean? And I said, it means things that come from me, right? That I am passionate about. And so if it's me starting a project or something that I want to do for me, uh, for my own growth, then those are the things that I'm going to be focused on, right? So, yeah. Oh, that's so much. That's so good. Thank you, first of all. For it's, sure. just, it's so good to get caught up. I know. And again, again, I've been looking forward to this time because I have watched you do some of this amazing stuff. I've been in rooms where I've seen that energy and that focus you're talking about. And I'm like, who is this woman? So I really like the idea that you're letting me take a look back and like you get information through your body, but you're an athlete, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe you learned to drive your body early, but now you're learning to listen to your body. Yeah. And there's a difference because everyone's very working different. out, but that doesn't mean they're listening it's very to, different. Their, to their body. But you've got this beautiful relationship where 
to the tone and the skill you've put into your body now, it's a major contributor back of information. Mm -hmm. uh, when stress is too much, your body knows it before your mind. Yes. And now because you're connected to your body through a prior, let's just say athletic relationship to it, mm -hmm. you're actually now sensitive to that material. You're not trying to deny it. Yeah. It took me a long time to get there. <laughs> well, welcome to the second half of life at a very young age, okay? Yeah, very it, young age. Oh my gosh. I remember the first time my back went out on me. Yeah. I was in my, I was 40, older than you, in my 40s. A guy chewed me out on the phone. An older man took me to task and, and he, I dropped the ball. Oh. In a lease arrangement, I'd gotten into a SWEC equity arrangement to afford this office and I hadn't done the repairs mm. to the satisfaction of the owner. So he calls me and says in so many words, how dare you not do what you said you were going to do? Yeah. Okay. So what do I hear? I hear not that I've missed some stuff that I said, I hear my integrity. Yes. And oh my gosh, that rattles the deeper, truer part of myself. Yeah. Okay. So, so I get busy after the call two days later, I'm painting the office and I reach down with my brush to get some more paint on it out of the can on the floor and I can't straighten up. Mm. And I've never had it act up before. And I, so I roll over on my office floor and I lay there with a wet brush now laid across the can yeah. and I can't move because I'm in pain. And I don't even get the message at that point. It was, yeah. it was months later, it hit me, let my back up thrown out for the first time within about a 24, 48 hour yeah. of really getting my head handed to me for one of the first times it had been handed to me. Yeah. Oh, and then I remembered I had my first case of lockjaw on the phone when he was chewing me out. I couldn't quite talk back. Yeah. I, started, I started locking up. And I tell you, I still didn't get it. I just kind of thought I'll get better. I get over this and I move on. So like, I'm just slowing our conversation down to salute you for actually, <laughs> actually knowing that your body has a take on reality. Yeah. That is super that, that can bring intelligence and that you're yeah. like aware of it to the point you're willing to say, Hey, it's sabbatical time. Yeah. It's time to take me into sabbatical. And so like, I love that picture that you gave me of how the body holds information for us. Yeah. And I, this is my, this is my second sabbatical. I learned this, this time is a lot shorter um, <laughs> timeline to recognition. Right. Um, but I learned this the, a much harder way. Uh, the first time I was really sick. <laughs> I was really sick. So um, I wasn't really able to stand, walk, sit, lay down without some pretty moderate to severe pain and, it got to a point where a um, very good friend of mine said, you know, um, what is it going to take for you to leave this place where you're working, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to have to kill you, right? Mm. That, that's the path we're traveling. So just let me know. I'm, I'm going to ride with you until the end. But is, is that where we're going to let this lead? And that's, a, that's a great, great point. You know, so, it took me some yeah. months, but I, I, I oh, got yeah. it. I got it. Yeah. Well, the first thing, I mean, if you have an athletic relationship to your body, you're like, no, you don't stop. You yeah, push it. You, yeah, you stretch and you exhaust that muscle and then you let blood flow in a renewal time, you know, re 
generate and now you're stronger. So yeah. when somebody says, Hey, you know, at work, you're showing some signs, you know, your body is, you're like, yeah, but yeah, I can push forward. Yeah. And so where is that point? Here's a question. Where is that point where it's right to push, yeah. but it's wrong to push too far? Like, yeah. how, like, cause you've been through this a couple of times. Yeah. What, what kind of barometer or measurables do you use when you say, look, I, I've got to learn to push it, but if I over push. Yeah. I think that it's different for everyone. It's different for every situation, right? I think that one of my um, core values is like everyone really deserves um, a chance, right? Um, uh, a chance to turn things around, a second chance, you know, a chance to explain whatever that is, right? Whatever the situation calls for. Um, and so I, I think that is, there has to be a line on that though, right? For me, because it's, because that's something I hold at my core is like, you know, everyone deserves a chance, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If it's unearned. That might also apply to the company I'm working for or my supervisor or whatever that is, right? Um, but I think there, there's a line where something, you know, a situation crosses mm -hmm. your boundaries nice. or misaligns with your values. And that's when you have to say, okay, uh, yeah you know, have to pause here and really evaluate. And so I think that, you know, whenever you, for me, whenever I find myself kind of questioning more than once, <laughs> you know, the more than like, after like this, after the second time. So when we get yeah. to the third, it's like, okay, right. maybe I need to like think about this through a more critical lens. Um, and I've also found that, you know, there are, things everything happens for a reason so there are things happening around you they may even be pointing it out they might not even be in your body right and so um i think when i start seeing all of those things plus now i'm to the second third time of you know asking myself that question is this where i'm supposed to be is this feel right um and i don't have a strong affirmative then i think it's time to check in and make some changes certain learn to trust that would you say yeah. that's developed more as you've had more experience to to know how to work with it for sure for sure i mean i even think back to so um i've had this condition for about a little bit over 10 years um okay. and so um it affects my spine right and so i um i remember like the first time i really had a flare-up and my doctor's like hey look um you're gonna have to stop playing volleyball right which is my sport of choice oh yeah and that was a tough pill to swallow even i could i remember it i'm like so yeah tough, right it was a tough pill to swallow and so i did a i was like okay fine i get it you know um and so sends me off physical therapy do all these different things and I start to feel better and get more mobile. And this is years ago. This is like, um, yeah, probably still in my early, early twenties. Um, and he, so then I say, okay, I'm feeling better. Is there any way yeah. that I can start working out again? You know, cause he's like, don't work out. Not, don't yeah. even play volleyball, don't work out. Oh, tough. And I said, can I start working out again even a little bit? And he was like, uh, maybe, what are you thinking about doing? 
And as someone who's trained really hard for volleyball, I was like, oh, I'll suggest something small, right? I was like, I just want to run. And he was like, oh, no, absolutely no. not. You can't run. You can't do, he's like, maybe yoga and Pilates. And even that you have to be directly supervised by an instructor. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Right? Oh, wow. And I said, I can't run. And I was like, I don't even like running. I just suggested that because no. I thought it was yeah. so minimal. <laughs> and he says, and this is this is a thing that has stuck with me uh, for a long time since then, right? This is over 10 years ago. He says to me, well, what would make you feel like you were exercising? What is exercise to you? And I said, exercise is when you are completely exhausted. You've given it everything you have and you can't go on. And he looked at me and he said, I think you need to change your relationship to exercise. Oh, there you go. Wow. Right? Wow. And I was like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly huh. like who would that woman be like, you know i don't think i've met her yeah oh my gosh now you walked us right up to a moment when a lot of us are given information through our bodies or through whatever it is that is trying to greet us mm -hmm. to the path we need to get aligned on yeah and it's not the one we came to this point on yeah and the one we came to this point to get this far has been a good one. Yeah. And it, 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 it identified us, it gave us some powers, it, it related us, it socialized us. You're probably competitive in nature, I'm guessing, but it gave you the chance to do that in a playful way with others. Yeah. Uh, but that's not the path that you're gonna get a chance to keep going on, at least in mm -hmm. the same methodologies. And boy, when we get greeted in that moment by the news that you were told, it's like, yeah, who, who am I now? And yeah. I, did, I didn't see it as an invitation when news of sorts in my life was given to me like it was in yours. Yeah. I, I, uh, I wanted a very able body to pursue all of my goals in because the more able I was, the more goals I could do to make yeah. the world better. So when you started to take away the freedoms of my abilities, See, now you're monkeying with the value of my life as I had been yeah. visioning it forward. Like, mm -hmm. who can I be? I, yeah. I, I, others will have to take care of me. I won't do all I could do. I will be the yeah. weaker in the room when in this particular area. And I'm like, uh-uh, not, exactly. not, not me. And I didn't see I was being greeted into that, that liminal space we've talked about, that threshold of like, look, what if there was something to leadership that didn't just come by strength Mm -hmm. or abilities and I just went I now you're talking over my head <laughs> yeah uh, because everything I know is about me being strong and having yeah. absolute permission to chase whatever I want as I want yeah so thanks for listening because you're letting me ramble but I I like putting that back onto your story because you're living it out so well so like yeah. okay so you get the news and you think running might be the nice thing to offer. And the doctor goes, absolutely not. It's like yeah. Pilates under supervision. So like, take, if you would, if you want to take me a little bit forward after that. So what do you do? Is it depression? Is it, I want to try new things? Uh, um, it took me a while. So um, I wasn't, it, it was quite the identity shift, right? So to your point, you know, being an able-bodied person and then having that ability shift or change and you know everything about my life I didn't really have to think twice about being able to do things or not do things before that point right, That's right. Um, 
So it's quite the quite the shift. And I'm very lucky now to like be mobile when I wake up every morning and I, you know, thank God and praise the universe. And I'm able to get up and stand up and breathe even, right? Um, Cause those things hmm. weren't always, they weren't always easy, right? Um, and so I think when I left that, I was like, who, like you said, who would I be, right? Who would I be? I had to really consider that. And I said, well, um, I do want to be able to move around and do things. So maybe I'll just try what he told me. So I actually, um, I got a um, private Pilates instructor. It was super privileged to be able to afford that. It was very expensive. <laughs> and yeah, No kidding. Yeah. And started doing that. And my body actually started getting stronger from it. It's quite the um, rehabilitation um, and then I started doing yoga videos for anyone who does yoga with Adrian on YouTube. I started with that at home and I'm completely not into yoga or Pilates. I'm just like, I don't, like I said to the doctor, I don't feel like it exhausts me physically. Yeah. 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 I get you. So I started doing that and I started trying on different things. Right. And I also had to start accepting. It was a long road to accepting like, oh, I can't do, um, everything I used to be able to do, but it doesn't change my value as a person. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I think that was, yeah, that was tough to, to come to terms with. Right. It doesn't change the value that I can bring to the world. Right. That's Um, a, that's a mouthful to say because your ability to do it has, has been altered. I'm not saying it's less, but it's been altered. Yeah. So for you to say, hey, even though I'm not doing it the way I thought I would always get to do it, the value of what I can still do is just as much as it's ever yeah. been. Like that's exactly. a new that's a new mind shift. Did you get that quick or did that take? Oh, it took a while. <laughs> I know we're both laughing. I mean, I, I kind of yeah. knew that answer, but you know, every once in a while life comes to you in such a moment of salute that it's, yeah. a, it's a quick pivot. But mm-hmm. this sounds like it's a deeper like... Could it be? Could it be? And you just tied two things in for me in this could it be space of, of some time to change and transform. And one is uh, gratitude yeah. was given to simple things that mm-hmm. would have not have been seen as a cause for gratitude prior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Actually, some of your life got valued that you didn't even value exactly. as the value you wanted to bring out in the world was exactly. getting radically challenged. Exactly. And I kind of like how you just put that out in front of us. It's like, you know, I was looking at the performance of a future me that would become valuable. And when that stopped, because my body said, it's not going to happen that way. Yeah. You had to begin to see the everyday world you woke up in as now here's the new value. I'm breathing. I'm able to stretch today. I can make appointments and keep them or whatever it was. And it seemed like there was a return to your present life as value. Uh, which is a very beautiful thing. I'm glad you're reminding me of as we're talking. I'm always trying to get present, right? Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Um, okay. I want to put two. I want to put two things together, and I want to be sensitive about how I ask this. So yeah. you probably have to forgive me three or four times during this conversation, but just because we trust each other and we can mine hopefully some new paths, because this is certainly not sketched out before. You said earlier in the call, I want to know what it is to be a black woman with leadership showing up in this world. Mm-hmm. And then that goes with 
I want to be a full-on, energized body capable of giving what I want to give to this world. Mm -hmm. Both of these seem to be hurdles in your story of which I guess I'm asking what's the insights or what are the thoughts or the questions you have about a very dynamic who you are in the world and what you're going to do with your life as it confronts a racial question that you were able to put on the conversation earlier and a physical question of which you've had to recalibrate both of those in order to be this. So like, how does that play out? Yeah, that's a good question. Or you can ask me questions, but you know what I, okay. As long as I put it there clear enough. Think about that. Yeah, it's a deeper one because it's putting two big pieces that are going to end up being like in your story. I mean, these are, this isn't the last chapters of your life. You're way too young. This is not yeah. the first chapters of your life. You are writing the middle of your life. Like chapter one is physical disability, not yeah. chapter one, chapter five, chapter six. Somewhere uh, around there. <laughs> yeah, somewhere in there. And then your other one was, you know, that you brought up is like, look, you know, when I walk in a room, I present who I am. And I am a black female. Yeah, I think the common thread in both of those is really around value and so the thing that had to precede both of those questions was a a groundedness or a certainty in just the inherent value that I have right Um, whether it be from my experience um, or just what I'm bringing to the table right and it's not wrapped up in uh, my identity it's not wrapped up in my physical ability or not, right? And so just coming into a sense of groundedness about, um, you know, myself, right? Okay, uh, all right, so that's a great, I mean, wow. Okay, what a response. Every once in a while I'm talking to Damien and he'll go, okay, you gotta say that again. <laughs> I just had that moment with you. It's like, that's good. Because I so appreciate you saying, so I had to go deeper. Yeah. Okay, very Einstein, the, the, the level the problems on is not the same level we can find the solution the mindset that caused the problem we got to go under it so you just went under it and you just said look those are very real challenges and so i had to go down and i had to go into use the word identity and you use the word intrinsic value i think Mm -hmm. i heard so how do you tap root this powerful woman that i think you are into that kind i mean how did you get it what are your where do you go to get that? What do you do to let that encompass your life at that deeper yeah. level? I mean, I think that um, obviously this this is a you know story. My life is a story, and it's a journey, right? I, I appreciate uh, that. Absolutely, absolutely. So it it wasn't always that way, right? And it also right. wasn't like, oh, I real I woke up one day and I realized like I have an inherent value of the human being that I am, right? Um, Right. The the before right picture of that um, for me personally was I'm a very I'm a pretty logical and pragmatic person. Okay. Um, And so I mean, I'm sure you you know they they say um, if someone keeps telling you something like if you have a child and you keep telling them you know 
uh, you're really smart. You're really smart. And they'll grow up and they'll believe that. Right. And, and to the contrary, if you tell them negative things, then they'll internalize that as well. And I think for me, I was really blessed to have really amazing people around me, which I don't think they were like, yes, people, right? It was just friends and family and coworkers who would be like, this is a strength that you have. This is value that you bring to the table and reminding me of that. And I think for me, because of how logical I am in my before picture, you know, before the realization of my inherent value, it was like, okay, well, if this, then that logic, right? If people keep saying this thing, then it can't be that I'm, I don't have any inherent value or that what I'm bringing to the table is not worthwhile, right? It has to be, it it would be statistically improbable (laughs) that so many people (laughs) would continue to say the same. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, And so it's like, okay, well, let's, let's, try to to sit with that right and I think for a lot of people compliments are hard and all of that right and so for me it was like okay well let's take those compliments in let's internalize them right Way to go. Um, yeah and from there let's like really mm. objectively evaluate like what value have you brought and created to places and spaces in other people's lives and then sit with that and then be able to accept it and say it and, um, and own it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. let that kind of, um, oh, that's, that's beautiful to who you are and, and what you can talk about when you're talking about yourself. Right. And not be off putting to you or, um, you know, you not fully believe it, but really sit with it and absorb it. So there was early on, a Luanda that was built up by the community of the voices in her early life. And then in some of the early professional that named you as these are your strengths. This is yeah. who you are. This is how we see you. And so that file was open and that was appreciated. It was somewhat a compliment. It's like, Oh, thank you. Yet again, thank you. I know these things, but in the very challenge of the two issues we raised, you needed to go back down into that and internalize it all the more because your identity certainly wasn't now your the ability of a well you know body wellness yeah. body or walking into the room in other ways in terms of how you present and so not being able to identify those things as easily or being challenged by those as the world holds us prejudices and biases you're like well, okay you know what that kind of community isn't going to tell me the messages I'm going to buy is from the ones who knew me better. And I love the way you said you owned and internalized the messages of the true community. Yeah. Cause there's another community out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, they're called yeah. organizations and they've got their yeah. measurables and they're not all wrong, but they're not all right, but they're certainly not permitted to give us our identity. Mm-hmm. And I love how you said in the challenge of that, I more went down into the places where I could believe the truth about myself and reorientated my life in the face of the challenges to say, this, this is my grounding. This is my, am I saying it right? Am I saying it right? Absolutely. Gosh, I wish I could do that for everybody in the world. (laughs) You know, what you just did for yourself. I wish everyone was able, because we're all challenged out there in the public self Mm -hmm. to have the internal ability. And I, you gave me the phrase in my mind, 
how beautiful it is. And it's not for everybody, I realize, but how beautiful it is for those who can borrow the messages of their early community and believe them. Yeah. At a, at a deeper point to where they give you the buoyancy to stand in the headwinds. Yeah. And not just be blown over. Like, good for you to have people in your life early that identified you. Blessed. That's who you really were. Blessed. <laughs> Blessed. I've I, learned in uh, more recent years that is not oh uh, my gosh. common as I thought it was. Yeah. I bet if I walk around invisible in your world and just follow you through seven days of wherever you go, I bet my meter, if I had one, and I'm standing within six feet of you appropriately, I bet the meter of how you call others out and encourage people goes off pretty strong. Yeah, Because usually the gift we've received um, that's really integrated and meaningful is kind of how we use our voice out in the world. Yeah. So this is what's kind of cool because I I'm hearing your heartbeat now because when you go out in the world working with people that are going to have the challenge of a racism thrown in their face or going to have the challenge of an ability, those people need to have a voice in their life telling them, and you're that person. I mean, that's your sure. leadership coming naturally out of your story. Yeah, for sure. That's powerful. Yeah, it's been a real blessing. I've been um, really fortunate to um, have the opportunity to just like work with folks um, at a particularly crucial time in their path, right? Um, you know, I did recruitment for UC Berkeley for a while, right? So working with like high school students trying to get them in to university, right? Oh, wow. um, and my last role, I was working um, with professional software engineers who are looking to level up in their careers, be it a raise, a promotion, um, all of those different things. And so I've been really blessed to, you know, have people be like, hey, you did this thing and it, it actually shifted where I was going, right? Um, I love it. I also had those people as well and my life would just not be the same, right? I can look back and easily see it now. Maybe then I couldn't, but um, yeah, it's, it's good to to have those. Have you read the book, um, The Five People You Meet in Heaven by Mitch Album? I walk by it in my favorite used bookstore all the time. Should I? No. You no, should absolutely read it. It is. Okay, I'm going to write it down. <laughs> I'll be like, it's life changing. And it was not for you, but. And it's called The really Five Conversations? The Five People You Meet in Heaven. Five people. Okay. Yeah. So, why, so I mean, you know, I'm going to ask, like, What's it about? I'll, you know, I'll, I'll get it on your recommendation, but like, what is marking that book is so special for you? So in the book, there is a gentleman who is, um, he's definitely nearing his more elderly years, but he's not like about to die or anything like that. Okay. Right? Um, but this freak accident happens where he works, okay. he actually does die. Um, and so it takes you to, the author's rendition of heaven, which is that you meet five people who actually had um, a really impactful uh, effect on where your life was going. Like it actually changed the direction of your life from the interaction that you had with them, it, but you it. may or may not have known it. Mm -hmm. Right. So the first example, I won't give all of them away is the guy, he was very young. He was a young boy and he was playing in the street and his ball went out into traffic um, and he, you know, like a child, he ran out into 
the street to get it and a car swerved. Now he is a little boy. He got the ball. He went on. He never knew anything else about the situation. The first person who gets revealed to him in heaven is um, the person who was behind the wheel who cool. actually ended up dying. Um, and in, in the swerve, in the swerve situation. Oh, so it cost him his life to spare yeah. the, the boys. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So you meet these people and then you kind of get into a level deeper about their lives and what was going on at the time. And, you know, the guy had all sorts of skeletons and, and challenges he was dealing with, but you get to see how intertwined people's lives truly are, like completely unbeknownst to the people that are crossing paths, right? Completely cool. unbeknownst. So it's, it's a really good read. It's a really good read. So do you see your life? I mean, you brought that up at the same time when you were telling me about your work with either high school kids trying to get into UC Berkeley and or software uh, engineers trying to move up into the rank and file of being noticed, being paid fairly, being able to. Yeah. Uh, so like that's where the intertwine of your life wants to be meeting others is when there's a trajectory moment yeah. Somebody, somebody gets a new course because they got a half hour with you. Some student got into a freshman year because you helped them. And so the story changes because you at some point intersected them. Is that cool? Is that, am I hearing that right? For sure. So every, um, every year I try to do um, a set of reflections like around New Year's first year, first month of the year and okay. uh, reflect on all my gratitudes for the previous year. And then I have a series of like seven to nine questions. And one of them is, um, what do I want to be known for? Right? What is my legacy? Oh, I, want I love that. Um, and so one of them is, um, that I care for the growth of others, right? I care about the growth of others and I invest myself and my time into the growth of others. Um, and so, yeah, you're definitely hearing that, right? <laughs> I love that. That's, that is the impact that I hope to make. And I've been, again, really fortunate to be able to like hear some of those stories back, right? Where someone was like, hey, um, do you remember you visited my classroom when I was in high school and I told you I got denied from UC Berkeley and you told me to appeal and then I, I got in, I'm here now, you know, stuff like that. And it's like really stopping and thinking again, how our lives, no matter how big or small and our interactions can really change the direction of other people's lives. Big time. Yeah. I love that. I mean, how could I not? look back in my own story, right? Um, I had a sweet twilight episode about a year ago when I couldn't quite fall asleep and I wasn't quite fully awake. And I don't know what brought me to this space, but I remembered the first guy that walked up to my fourth grade self and presented kind of what I needed at that time. Mm -hmm. My dad had passed away in third grade. So I'm living with three sisters and a mom and we yeah. moved to a new place. Mm. And this guy comes over and he puts up my basketball goal in my driveway. Yeah. I mean, brings his drill, does it right. So I don't have this flimsy thing when he leaves. Yeah. I mean, we took a ruler out from the cement surface to the bottom of the rim. It was exactly 10 feet. Nice. Yeah. And I'm like in this like 
this last year. I'm just remembering this guy. And I wore out three basketballs in my driveway, shooting, shooting, shooting. I played imaginary games. You would relate to this. I played imaginary games. There was always a winner and a loser. Cause you know, and I, and I commentated everything I did in my head. <laughs> of course, of course. He takes left, he goes right. Exactly, that's why you do it. And in this twilight space, the second guy walks up. Lawanda, without trying, I go seven guys deep before I'm out of high school. Mm-hmm. And I realized, oh my gosh, every one of them brought me a new path to develop further. Yeah. And the deficit of what, in fact, after I added it all up, they gave me more than probably what one father could give yeah. in this way. And then, then I get a big smile on my face and I go, you know, there's no way seven guys know how to sequentially put themselves into my life. Yeah. My mom, she was working and praying and hoping over time mm. that I wouldn't become some diminished kid identified by what I didn't have. Yeah. But I had trajectory people that I didn't meet in heaven. I actually met them in my little life, but yeah. they, they changed the course. So thank you for giving me a tool or like some way of looking back. I don't think I meet with anyone that doesn't have some trajectory people or episodes or events if they if they can see them yeah i mean i don't want to make that sound easy because i know there's trauma that happens this trajectory right but there's also i think in every life a visitation if you take the opportunity of a lawanda that comes and spends a little bit of time with you uh gosh how to nurture those moments i hear is a real value in your life how to present yourself so you're not overpowering people but you're there for them um I love that. Yeah. I love that. Hmm. And you said earlier in your life with the community that brought you up, there were people that spoke positive messages into you. Yeah. Is that pretty much how you get um, your information? Are you pretty auditory in how people can say things to you or do you need to more be more kinetic or do you have? Yeah, I'm not actually auditory, um, not auditory learner or absorber. Um, I really thrive more with um, kinesthetic and like, I wondered, yeah, like seeing it's also really important to me. I like remember when I was in school, you know, um, and you have these exams and tests, I'd read the question, I'd be like, oh, the answer is this. And I re- I'd remember part of it, and I'd be like, it, it was on the left page on the bottom, you know, oh, yeah. part of the page where oh, the yeah. answer is. And I remember it said this, this, oh, yeah. this. I just close my eyes, I can remember the rest of it and I can get this answer. And that's, you know, I always joke around, I have a semi-autographic memory because it works sometimes and not others, <laughs> semi-photographic memory. Um, and so I think that this oh, yeah. is also really helpful to me. Exactly. Yeah. How you hold it. Um, when you were saying um, the ability that was taken, like from the, uh, I don't know, the news of the doctor we were talking earlier, mm-hmm. you learn so much through your body. And like, I'm, you're telling me again, hey, the way that I really get my information oftentimes is kinetically or through touch or through my body. Um, in that ability side of you, what are you doing now that enhances that connection that you continue to have with the way that you hear the world or get your information or feel connected through more of the 
physicality or more through the uh, through the body? Is there more? Is there anything else that comes to your mind that uh, that, that shows that connection? Because I think there's probably some places in my life or those listening to us that might go, yeah, I'd like to hear more about that. Yeah, I definitely think that in general, I feel better and I, you know, feel like I think more clearly and stuff like that when um, yeah. I'm getting the opportunity to, to move my body, even if it's yoga, right? Um, and, or even if it's taking a walk, <laughs> you know, um, or stretching, right? And so I think that just, you know, being more in touch with my own body gives me a different take on the world that's more absolutely, absolutely. Uh, positive. And then I would say, um, yeah, I don't know about from a work perspective, though. I, um, I think my personal life, I definitely am um, fairly touchy. Like I, um, I like to hug people and, you know, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And so um, I think that that definitely makes me feel connected to folks. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, in the yeah. workplace, I guess I'm also like the weird person who's always high-fiving people and stuff. So maybe that's also <laughs> present there as well. Um, but yeah, just feeling connected to folks. Yeah. Now I'm thinking of, you know, and you know where we're, at, we're living in this COVID time where some of that stuff is really put at more of a distance for us, some yeah. of this physicality. And when we're a major player in the world by physical touch and the way information travels to us through the kinetic part, I, that's a challenge. Yeah. I think a lot of people are sitting in front of Zoom for a long time. And because they don't have to go get to work by means of a transportation, we're moving less unless we choose to yeah. have a routine. Uh, I remember the second week into what is now a 10 week. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've sat in this chair and looked at this screen <laughs> like three and a half, four hours. Yeah. And I had to, I had to learn and say to myself, look, I know you are limited places that you're able to go, but you got to do something with your body. Mm -hmm. And I think we're becoming intelligent during this technology Zoom time that there's more connection on Zoom than I would have thought because I'm yeah. kind of a touchy-feely guy and I'm kind of surprised how like you and I are connecting right now. Like yeah, totally. I didn't really know. I wasn't giving tech its credit. Like, eh, well, guess what? We can connect. Yeah. But also guess what? Is it still doesn't take care of this side of me that says, hey, I need to get up and move myself to reawaken how I want to be present on the next time I sit in front of my, my computer. Yeah. And I don't think that was so known until we got into this COVID time that totally. we actually have to have a game plan to know how we're going to move our bodies into being awake again, while we're totally. only having technology connect us. Exactly. Yeah. I think that, you know, like you said, you have to really be intentional about having a routine and, and all of that stuff. Um, I'm really lucky that my partner and I have, you know, a shared value of, of working out and, and staying active. And so, you know, we work out five days a week. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So you, yeah. You're getting it done. Yeah. So, like I say, as long as I'm able, <laughs> I'll keep doing it. <sighs> Sometimes like struggling to open a jar and he's like, do you want help? And I'm like, no. And he, at first he was like, 
are you that independent? And I was like, no, it's just that I know that I can do it and I want to do it for as long as I can because one day I won't be able to, right? Um, and so I just want to do it for as long as I can. I know I can get it, but if I ever can't get it, then I'll, I'll ask. Oh, wow, wow, wow. No, I totally get what you're doing. I open every jar you can for as long as you can. Yeah. Oh, I, I dig it. And you know, um, ability is a really, really big thing to us is how we picture the future. And you've helped me when you say, yeah, but what happens when your ability becomes limited? And yet it's the major way you get in information by being active and yeah. having ability. And yet when that begins to be told to you that you don't have full access to all of your abilities and you think, well, oh, that's how I get information. It's what's happening to me. It's changing my future maybe because I'm not gonna be that well-abled person possibly all the way to where I thought I was going. Yeah. So you bring to mind um, Dante, he writes, and I think it's in the Inferno, but he uses the word disable mm -hmm. in a really interesting way because dis in some Latin root means under. Mm. And so we hear, like I have hearing loss. And so it's like, oh, you know, that's just like nothing but deficiency like sorry well you know actually Dante says when you have to go under you learn a new ability you could never yeah. learn if you stayed on the level where everyone else is yeah and so this trajectory moment personally is like you learn a new ability because you learn to go under the everyday abilities yeah and now you have a new strength that makes you who you are in the world and it revisions your future. And I had never had anyone so welcome me into a dis, meaning it's an underworld yeah. ability and therefore empathy and a new way of doing things and connecting with people that I would have never been able to do is now mine. Yeah. And I'm just so thankful for the picture of that. And I didn't have that playing forward in my life until again, I hit the headwind that says, well, you gotta sit down. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta sit down, man. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And you're threatening me. No, I'm actually developing you. No, you're not. Yeah. You're changing my future. No, I'm actually giving you the one you're supposed to have in the world where it's not yeah. perfect. It was never supposed to be perfect. Yeah. It's just supposed to be the one you show up in. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. So, I mean, you're helping me bring that forward as you're so honestly telling me your, some of your stories. So this is a sabbatical time for you. It so, is. And so do you have a book in, or is it just like when the right kind of job comes along next, you'll step into it? Or do you have a, you have a time that you kind of think it bookends the end of I sabbatical? do not have a time limit bookend. I am working on a couple of things right now. Um, one is launching a content brand on social media. Uh, with my partner um, called Logic and Love. Uh, the other one is um, applying to MBA programs. So now that I've put that out there, I have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> Sorry, you didn't have to say that, but yeah, it's out okay, there now. Speak, speak the commitments, right? Speak the yeah, commitments. Yeah, there you go. Um, there you go. Get held accountable. So um, that's the stuff I've been working on. And really, I think for me, this time around, my first sabbatical was very forced, right? Um, Damien talks about, uh, what is it, feather, pebble, uh, 
brick brick wall like when something is really trying to give you the message right and you don't want to take it <laughs> i like um, a feather pebble wall brick wall yeah i love and, that okay and, and it's like, all the okay. same message yeah what's it's it gonna take message. you're not you're not getting it so it's trying to get louder and louder right, until it stops oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so i think my first sabbatical was like brick wall 100 percent. right <laughs> like it was like no you're not getting what i'm saying here yeah yeah um but this one definitely is more i think like feather pebble range and so mm -hmm. um i think my goal for this one was really focus on things that are for me right um and so whether mm -hmm. that be things that i am building because i want to um or whether it be you know self-care and learning new skills or whatever that is whatever that looks like things that are for me that come from me that grow and regrow me right um and really taking that time to focus on self um, in a way that's regenerative. Gosh, I love it. So, I mean, I got a question because I love that priority. I, you know me well enough to know I, I champion that. Again, what is the line or where is the interface to this dynamic woman that's looking at the world saying, I'm getting ready for you? Um, how do you make sense of the internal self-care when the dynamic world is all out there waiting for you? Like, what's the interface? How do you hold both of those in a time when you're saying, look, Barry, for me, it's going to be self-care. And I know you well enough. You've said earlier, you care about youth. You care about software. Yeah. yeah. So like, how do you hold that space without just feeling like, yeah, this is pretty selfish or no, this is just self-care. Well, it looks a little selfish. No, it's actually self-care. You know, those voices that go off for us. Say, say just a little bit about what your experience has been being in that self-care yeah. mode. I think the, the brick wall from the first sabbatical, that message really helped me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. like it, it knocked the guilt out of me, right? It was like, you nice. have to, you, you have to. Um, and so the gift that I got from all of that and the gift that I've gotten from um, really having to reconsider the ability of my body, right, on a daily basis, right, I think that the gift from that was, like you said, the relationship I have with my body has now become two-way communication, where before it was one. It's like, I'm pushing me, I, I got into a accident once on like a like, motorbike and I hurt my tailbone very badly. I bruised it. I flew like 15 feet in the air. Oh, hurt. And, that I hurts. Up, and I was like, I feel hurt, but I'm going to walk it off. Meet <laughs> <Right? laughs> Lawanda. Like, and what? I can take, I can take this and more. You know, so that, that's that one way communication. Um, I didn't walk very far, by the way. <laughs> Good. It's like, I get to, um, <laughs> I get the the blessing and the privilege and just to be able to feel myself, right? To right. feel like I'm a little too stressed out or, oh, I feel tension in my back. Let's address that now on the, the front end, the early signs and like, like you're talking about until my back goes out, right? Which is, it's gone so far past the point, right? That's right, it's, it's brick, brick wall. wall point. Exactly. Brick wall. So, um, I think that, now it's more of a like, oh, I know I have to, right? There's a certain amount of like maintenance that goes into my 
self-care that when I start like lagging on the maintenance, I can like feel my spinal pain flaring up. Right. And so it's like, oh, these are correlated. <laughs> Bingo. You well, know? I love what you're saying because you've got a very clear measurable that yeah. you're only as good out in the world on your mission, your vision, your impact as you are in taking care of yourself. Yeah. And I think that's a, I honestly think it's a gift in your life, LaWanda. I, I talk to a lot of people and those don't connect. Yeah. They I mean, literally think they don't have a body and they just have a job. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've been in incubators before where people act like they don't have to take care of themselves. They're just there to chase the impact. Yeah. And of course they crash before they even get to the impact because they deny that there's a direct relationship to if you don't journey inward and take care of yourself, you cannot journey very far outward. Yeah, for sure. And you get that because your yeah. body actually says, I'm not doing it with you. And you're like, okay. <laughs> That's exactly the message. And it's again, it's not a perfect thing, right? Like, right. Um, there are times where I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I have this event coming up or this thing. And I know I'm going to stretch myself this far, but I also know like, yeah. I'm going to have to recuperate. Yeah. The day after the after. next day. Yeah. Like for a few weeks, you know, like yeah. I have to like take some time and do things wow. little by little and, and really, really wow. recover. And like, that's completely okay. Yeah. yeah. That's completely okay. So I think that that, um, that first sabbatical really knocked the, the guilt and the selfishness feelings out of, you know, really focusing on self-care. And I think also too, I read something once that talked about how, um, you know, self-care isn't all like massages and baths, that it's also like, you know, deep reflections and coming to face internal challenges with yourself and writing yeah. and like learning new things, some of which are not easy and don't feel like, you know, I'm being pampered, right? Um, but that that all is still self-care. Thanks um, for saying that. Thanks yeah. for saying that. Yeah. Well, that's why there's not self-care. Yeah. Because when people start to sit in the solitude of their own lives, they get very discomforted by what comes up for them that they're asked to deal with. Yeah. They would rather stay on mission in the busyness of the activism of their life, which really begins to become quite a rut or just becomes yeah. tied to a sense of distraction. And it's like self-care unlocks the person that you're looking for not the busyness. Yeah. And when you find that person, that's who you're supposed to be in, in your next commitments. That's why yeah. you're actually supposed to leave your house and go somewhere because you actually know who you are. Yeah. Instead of like, hey, I'm out here in all these busy places kind of looking for myself because, you know, it's supposed to happen if I just do enough. Yeah. And we're like, oh, you don't have to do enough. Like if you mean you're doing 20 things a day to find your meaning. Exactly. Not, it's actually, if you know yourself, you can do about two things, three things and I'm like, that's your work today. It's the 80-20, if you will, if I can mm -hmm. jump there. Because self-care helps you describe where's your impact really, really uh, grounded on. And you're yeah. like, by your body, you're like, no, I, I don't take dumb appointments. I don't take busy, uh, tell me I'm important type meetings. Yeah. Because my body won't let me. And secondly, I just, you don't sound like you're missing them. <laughs> as I'm just, as I'm just exactly. experiencing, you know, exactly. like, oh, I miss so much of my distracted living. No, like, wow, oh, man, I'm so freed. And you actually get a medical release. You know, the rest yeah. of us are like, oh, I just have to have a better boundary. You're like, I just can't. My body told me. Exactly. 
And some folks ignore like me before I ignored the the little sign somebody was trying to give me right until the brick wall. Yeah. But, um, I think now yeah. now it's been really cool to be able to be like, okay, I'm going to take that time. Right. And some of the stuff I've gotten to do since I've been off is like, we started a garden out back. Right. Which is not easy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We've made wine. Um, We baked bread, you know, a lot of, Oh, this is good. That takes a little bit of time and and patience and practice. So, Oh my gosh. What'd you plant in your garden? What'd you put in? What did we not plant? We planted blueberries, uh, something called runner beans I'd never heard of before. Um, Strawberries, um, jalapenos, sweet peppers, something called African heirloom peppers, uh, heirloom tomatoes, spinach, kale, lettuce, broccoli. Oh my gosh. And we have a whole bunch of seedlings that we're starting in the house. You live on you live on an acreage, do I take it? No, we like got planter boxes <laughs> and we're just making it happen out back in the yard. It's How great. cool is that? Yeah. It's awesome. My friend I got a I've got an old friend of my life that put a garden in. He lived back in Tennessee and he had to take a business trip after he put the seeds in the ground and he thought, you know, should I should I mark the rows? Because I won't remember what I planted what and and then he pondered again and he went, you know what? I'm not going to mark the rose. It'll be gone for a week because actually embedded in the seed of everything I planted is the DNA of what it's going to be. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And so, isn't that cool? Yeah. Uh, if you'll self care and ground yourself down in where you're supposed to be, you'll grow up and be exactly what you're supposed to be in the world. Exactly. You don't have to like go out and get a job and shingle and have this certain title to say, see, I really am a tomato. Mm-hmm. You just have to live the, you have to live the DNA that's honestly you and the story yeah. you've been given to show up in and yeah. trust that when you put first things first, which is that inner growth that you're talking about, yeah. then you know what? That thing out of sabbatical will come find you and it'll be like, okay, this, exactly. is, this is how the world, the universe, like exactly. you said before, so connects. And that's what happened in my first sabbatical, actually. I did a part of my reflections that I told you about. My... Yeah. Um, New Year's reflections. I did that, and I um, I think the the prompt for that question was, um, what type of work do I want to be doing, or what do I want to be doing mm. in my work? And so I wrote like a page long reflection. Good. And within you know six months, I had that exact like the manifestation of what I wrote. That's pretty crazy. That's yeah. pretty wonderful. But like again, you don't see it coming until you get eyes. Of, this is what you're looking for. Yeah. Right. And then maybe even having a description on it actually begins to put it out there to where people can find you as well. But I love how you like, first of all, planted the seed, like, what am I looking at? And then it showed itself out into the world. And that reminds me of, it's the last thing I'll say, I think we're getting close to an hour, but the, um, one of the things that I read in the, one of the garden centers, we were picking up supplies (laughs) and it had a quote and um, it said gardening is one of the closest things you can do to get to uh, the core of witnessing creation. Right? Mm. So when you talked about the, you know, a seed and just growing into what you're meant to be growing, like, you know, being witness to creation is not about externally marking something that's with exactly it. what you think that it is. That's, right? that's exactly Why it. To be what it is. That's beautiful. That's a, that's a perfect wrap to what you just let me do for the last hour. It's just to hold witness to this 
woman I'm seeing on a screen who I've known in rooms and to hear you name the struggle that's causing you to come forth. And I just stand as a witness to the early community that said, Hey, you're worth something. Yeah. These are your strengths. And then you took them into the headwinds that you listed of those two things only to be able to listen to this strong strength of your body saying, Hey, take care of me and I'll get you everything you're made to do. Yeah. Right. And I just get a chance to pull up for an hour and just witness that. And it's such a pleasure because I don't have to fix anything when I'm a witness. I just get a chance to believe that in the truth that you already know, it kind of starts to get revealed and dusts it off. It gets resettled. I'm going to, I'm going to leave the call feeling stronger about my own life, witnessing yours. Thank you. Isn't that amazing how it kind of goes, how we, yeah. we kind of carry each other into the next hour, like just totally. connecting is a powerful thing, but thanks for doing this. Thank you for Absolutely. like, just so willingly sharing some of your story and some of the insights, like this, here's what I wrote at the end, this willfulness, this willfulness of the early Lawanda like willing the volleyball, willing to, is turning into this generous person who's offering willingness. Like you're not so much in control like the young one is, but you're getting to more places than control could ever take you. Exactly. And your willingness to listen to your body and your willingness to show up in the world is now presenting us this, this part of your life that I think is really growing. Yeah. Impact and beautiful, but because I know you got plenty of willpower. I mean, I, I, I get it. <laughs> I love the way you're allowing it to be led. Okay. I hope there's more of this. Okay. But till sure. next, but till next time. All right. Till next time. Take thank care you of that. Take. Oh, thank you. Take care of that garden. Okay. I will have a good one. <laughs> all right. Bye bye. Bye. So that was another conversation. And again, thank you for joining us because the contributions each of us made and built on gave us not only something to value in the moment, but now we walk out into the world. So the purpose of Be Do Labs is not just to grab time from you, but to actually give your time more purpose in the next step you take in your life. So embody it, practice it, and come back for more. Thanks for being part of our community.